Hi, Ralph. Hi, Jim. How are you doing today? Okay. Well, in our last uh, podcast, we talked about um, social media. We did. And, and we sort of looked at it in a general kind of way. And I said in the future, we'll look at specific platforms. There are about 10 of them that are you know, pretty prominent, including Pinterest and Reddit and LinkedIn. And of course, the one we'll get to is uh, TikTok. But today, I thought we would look at some of the research that's been done with um, particularly adolescents okay. and, and uh, the use of social media. So we're not going to you know, name names, but we're just going to use the term social media in, in general. It's a, it's a global kind of term. Okay, and one of the things that uh, we can talk about, Jim, is that uh, what we said last time was some general views of um, the conservatives and, and uh, liberals, but in terms of U.S. adults, now these are research figures from Pew Research, 64% um, say mostly negative, 25% say neither positive nor negative, and 10% say mostly positive. Wow, okay, so, you know, it's interesting, Ralph, people are using this stuff you know, a lot, like uh, one Facebook, what do we say, had three billion, three billion users. Uh, users. But most of the people in, say, the United States think that it's a, what, harmful site? or a Harmful site uh, or neutral. Or neutral, okay. 75% say, 65, 64% say harmful. Okay. So if you break that down, uh, we can say that if you're a Republican or you're leaning Republican, 78% uh, say that it is mostly negative. If you're a Democrat or leaning Democrat, 53% say that it's mostly negative. So even those people who are most inclined to say it's okay, still say it's mostly negative. Huh, interesting. So let's take a look at the, uh, the users, uh, particularly adolescents. You know, so we got a, a kid who's, what, 12 or 13 years of age? Okay. And uh, any idea how much time that person is spending on social media? Well, if I, I remember correctly, um, we're looking at up to four or five hours a day. Okay, so you have a child who's um, gotten up to go to school, let's say, six in the morning. They're off to school and they're there by eight. They spend from eight until, what, four, three or four in school. Three, let's say. Okay, another hour getting home, so it's now at four o'clock. And now they're going to spend four or five hours on social media which puts it up to about, what, from 4 o'clock to plus 5 hours? Help me with this, Ralph. That's 9 o'clock, right? 9 o'clock. Now you have to take an hour out for supper. Okay. Maybe a bath. Maybe a bath. <laughs> uh, maybe some homework. Oh, so, uh, so now we're looking at, let's say, uh, best case, 10 o'clock, uh, our 13-year-old is going to bed. Uh-huh. Now, here's a kid that's been on the run 
for the entire day with no downtime. And do you think that, that child is going to go to bed and get to sleep easily? Probably not. They're going to be pretty wired. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing, Jim, I guess that, uh, that I could echo uh, today's world with is back in the day when my parents sent me to bed, uh, I would go up to my room and throw the covers over me and take my book and my flashlight and read. Uh-huh. So... You always were a rebel. So the, the phone is today's flashlight. Okay. So now you can go into your room and lie there and do social media on your phone. Mm -hmm. Now, in the hour that you've gone on the bus, and the hour you come home on the bus, you were probably on social media in some way or other. Okay. So, you think, okay, well, now, you know, we've, we've got two hours back and forth. We've got maybe another two hours when we're in bed. Mm -hmm. So, let's say we've got our four hours. In. Okay. Now, we're wiring that, ourselves up pretty much, right? That means that we didn't get to sleep until midnight. And what do we know about ad adolescent need for sleep? Well, nine to ten hours. Okay, okay, so we don't get to sleep until midnight, and hey, we're back up at six o'clock the next morning, right? Six hours sleep. Yeah. That's why kids sleep until noon on Saturdays and Sundays. You yeah, because they're, they're trying, trying to. Make up, for, make up for a massive sleep deficit through the week. Yeah. And the the kids that I see in, in my practice, this is not a representative group at all, but they are severely sleep deprived. And uh, when they do get to sleep, they have a really poor quality sleep. They have lots of awakenings. Um, uh, they spend a lot of time wandering around at night. Yeah. Often, you know, wandering around trying to find food or mm -hmm. wandering around trying to find some sort of social contact on devices. Okay. So, so I got up and, you know, at three in the morning and I played Minecraft for an hour. And one of the things, and, and this is kind of a side effect, I guess, that we're not going to go into deeply here, but... One of the things that we, we talk about um, when we look at ways people get groomed to become um, objects in the sexual trafficking is they get groomed on um, social media. Well, you say to yourself, wait a minute, uh, I keep my kid away from all the harmful sites, but I let them play games. Well, every game that you will find today has a chat. And that's where some of the predators lurk, is in the chat rooms for the games. So, you know, you, you look at that and say, well, wait a minute, now we're, we're into a world of confirmation bias, we're into a world of, uh, I, I don't necessarily believe that uh, what I'm getting is uh, is good information, and your kids are playing games where people are contacting them with possibly negative effects. So, 
you know, it, it, it's a really tough world to negotiate. Uh, just between our listeners and the gatepost, uh, I'm really glad I'm not 13 today. <laughs> I think the world is probably glad you're not 13, Ralph. Yeah. So, we talk about some of the, the, the negative effects. And a big one that I think you, you and I have talked about before is that if you're sitting at a, I guess, a telephone or you're sitting at a computer, what are you not doing? You're not doing anything outdoors and you're not doing anything with your body. Right. And that could be real detrimental, right? Yeah. And, you, you know, know, we see today, uh, you know, I said that um, the children that I see are not represented uh, or not representative of the population. But just look around our little town here in Mount Pleasant and ask yourselves how many, not just fat kids we have, but grossly obese kids we see. Yeah, and one of the things, you know, that I've noticed, Jim, because we, we tend to spend time on university campus is we have two kinds, it seems, uh, of kids today. And one of the kind is the lean, mean, athletic, and the other kind is the overweight tending to obese. And probably you can ascribe that to a childhood having grown up um, using a lot of social media or using your body a lot to play sports. Okay, yeah. And, and it, you know, just using your body and getting out and, and, well, I don't know about you, Ralph. You might remember that you and Fred Masson and I used to spend an inordinate amount of time up in our little town, the Sioux, walking around and talking with each other and, trying, and pretending that we were some people, right? Yeah, and when we say walking, uh, we would walk from uh, uh, Jim's house, which was in the east end of town, to... Uh, Your house, which was kind of in the middle. In the uh, middle, to, to a restaurant uh, in the uh, sort of western end of town, and back again, having, you know, walked there for coffee, uh, maybe two cups of coffee, and we walked back again, and uh, that, if you put it together, that was probably a walk of about 10 miles. Probably so, yeah. And, and it, you know, that was, that was nothing extraordinary. That was just an average Saturday. Mm-hmm. Or even an average weekday. Yeah. As long as we were back by, what, 9 o'clock. Yeah. So, you know, you look at that and you say, well, yeah, we, we walked a lot. We didn't... Uh, get cars until we could afford them ourselves. Uh, nobody said, you're 16, here's your keys. And I think kids today spend uh, a lot of time in things which are not in the long run useful. And, you know, it, I mean, Socrates said uh, 2000 years BC, um, the youth of our nation are going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, that's always been the lament. But the thing is, I, I think today it's 
more easy uh, for children to find outlets that are socially, if not harmful, at least uh, not good for their physicality. Mm -hmm. So they're they're not getting out in nature, and uh, you know, you've talked before, Ralph, about uh, your experience taking kids into the wilderness. You want to talk about that in terms of social media? Yeah, um, we took a group of kids uh, on a two-week camping trip. Now, this is back in the oh, 1980s, late 80s. Uh, and at that time, the the big thing was the Walkman. Okay. The, the cell phone had not become yet the ubiquitous computer in the pocket uh, uh, locator that everybody carries around with them today. But they had uh, Walkmans, and these kids were from uh, Toronto and Hamilton, uh, generally southern Ontario, and had never been in the wilderness before. Now, one of the things that we did before we set out in our canoes was we said to all the kids, Okay, uh, all Walkmans or other electronic devices, which may, mainly were transistor radios, have to go in this bag. You'll get them back at the end of the two weeks. So we went, two-week camping trip. Well, the first two days, the kids were really grousing because they didn't have any tunes. Seriously in withdrawal. Electronic deprivation. Okay. The other thing that they were worried about, you know, for me, my worry was in my canoe with an amateur who had never been in a canoe before, was he going to uh, engineer us to dump in the lake? But their worry was we're going to be bitten by a snake and die or we're going to be found by a bear and eaten. So at the end of about the fourth day, they were over that. Okay. And by the end of the trip, most of them were saying, you know, it's kind of interesting to just sit in the canoe here at the edge of the lake and listen to the birds. Okay. Um, or look, there's a heron, and things like that. So they were much more aware of their environment, and they were much more aware of natural sounds, the wind in the trees, the birds, the, you know, and, and I think on the whole, that's a very healthy way to be, is uh, there's, a, there's a guy who uh, developed an attention code and what he said is, uh, attention level white, you are totally unaware of your environment. I.e., you've got your headphones in, uh, you know, and you're listening to a podcast on your phone, or you're listening to music, or you're listening to or maybe whatever. you've got your uh, virtual reality glasses on, right? Yeah, and, and so you're totally cut off from your environment. And... You know, if if people don't swerve around you when you're walking, 
uh, you're going to bump into them. Mm -hmm. But that's the way a lot of people are today. They're, they're just not attuned to what is around them. And that, I think, is one of the kind of side effects mm -hmm. of social media is it, it cuts people off from their immediate surroundings. Yeah. Hey, it's a dangerous world out there. It might not be snakes, it might not be bears, but it could be the Lexus that's coming down the street who's not going to stop. Who's not going to stop, yeah. yeah. Or even on a day like we're having here where the streets are icy, uh, you say, well, I was coming down the street at 40 miles an hour and this kid stepped out and I hit my brakes, but I just couldn't stop. Right. It was like a, an ice rink underneath the snow. Well, you know, the, the kid who is totally focused on what he's hearing uh, is not seeing. Right. The, when, when people talk about um, social media and they're asked, you know, what are the downsides of it? It's, give us a few ideas. They say, well, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of harassment out there. There's a lot of bullying out there. Now, it used to be that uh, for you and I, bullying was, well, for me, Bill Kelly and the Alec Muir school grounds. Yeah. You know, or Bob Doherty. You know. I'm going to punch you right in the face. Yeah. And uh, the thing about Bill Kelly or Bob Doherty is I could avoid them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, even though I was kind of a fat kid, I was a pretty good runner. Yeah. Um, well, you know, my joke is that uh, being bullied in public school taught me two things. It taught me how to run really fast and how to fight really dirty. <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, there will be these these you know, um, classroom bullies. Now, as it was, uh, these two guys, Bob and, and Bill, ended up being you know, a friend friends of mine. Yeah, we worked it out um, mainly because I didn't put up with a lot of their nonsense. You know, I fought back. And people who are being bullied online are in a little different position, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're, uh, for example, you're a 13-year-old girl and... Uh, you're told that you're fat. You're told that you're fat or you're told that you're ugly or mm -hmm. you're told that you're a slut. Mm -hmm. uh, and often, and I hate, to, uh, I hate to say this, but I think this is more true than not, the people who are doing the bullying... Uh, for that kind of experience are not boys, they're other girls. Uh -huh. yeah. So it's the clique of the three social princesses in the class who are calling you fat and ugly. Yeah. And if you're 13, you don't have the wherewithal to say, they're doing this because I'm smart and I'm a competitor and I could if I wanted to join their clique, but I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. you know, that, that is... That's the whole premise of that movie, Mean Girls. Yeah. And you know, we've got a lot of those you know, kicking around. So, with um, cyberbullying, you don't have a chance to fight back. Right. You know, with, with Bob Doherty, if he grabbed me around the neck, you know, I could at least you know, hit him with my right hand and 
right in the gut. Hit his belt buckle and broke my right hand, but that's you know. <laughs> but he knew it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the thing is that you know there, I, and this goes back to what I said about it taught me how to run really fast. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no running away from the electronics. Right. And the thing is that if they said it two weeks ago, mm -hmm. it's still there. It's going to be there for forever. For forever. Right. And so a lot of people who get, uh, you know, a cyber bully incident, two weeks later, they're still revisiting that. They're right. going back to that uh, post and saying, am I, am I really fat? I, I don't feel fat. Mm -hmm. Monica Lewinsky, who is a name that some people might remember from the Bill Clinton years, um, did a TED talk and she talked about a uh, boy, I think from Rutgers, that was uh, bullied online and uh, he ended up committing suicide, you know, because of you know, the, the toxic stuff that was going on. Maybe we can find that one and put it up under Learn More. Yeah. You know, she too was bullied, I think, uh, as, a, uh, as a former intern in the White House. Yeah. That's a whole other story. But we see this a lot. I mean, people having kind of toxic reactions to other folks and what other folks have to say. And particularly if it's not, you know, not true or if it's something that uh, perhaps you have difficulty dealing with. Yeah, and one of the things, you know, people talk about uh, social media as a source of, of hate speech. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, if, you're, uh, if you're particularly a young person, but a person of any age who, um, who is marginalized for reasons of color, reasons of gender preference, reasons of whatever. Uh, economic reasons. Economic reasons. Uh, you know, everybody else in class shows up in a new dress for their class picture and you show up in the equivalent of a flower sack and that's because that's what you can afford. Um, that's something that not only people will notice, but they will make sure you know that they noticed right. on social media. That's one of the things about social media that I've sort of learned, I guess, that everybody has a fantastic life on social media, much better life than I do. Right. And uh, I wonder if that's really true. Well, I think it's not true, Jim, because my take on it is that, for example, my wife and I just got a, a new puppy. Okay. Now, our new puppy is stubborn. She's been hard to house train. Uh, she is constantly testing who's the alpha dog in this uh, this threesome, and she wants to be. So you say, okay, uh, what what do we find on social media about a dog? So you go on social media and you find all these people who are showing their perfect puppy. Uh huh. 
Oh, yes, I was able to house train her in uh, two days. Mm, yeah, and it's been four weeks for us, and we're still not perfect. Uh, gee, we must be failures. Gotcha. So, you know, mm -hmm. everybody else in anything, however trivial or significant, is perfect. Is perfect. And you are obviously a serious failure in whatever area. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about social media connecting people, but we also have talked about social media disconnecting people. I think in the weeks ahead, we're going to continue to look at some of this, this connectivity and disconnectivity. But until next time, this is Jim and Ralph saying, keep, keep your stick, stick on, on the ice. ice. Because we're all in this together. together.